Hi, and welcome. You're listening to the Stories from a Quest to Live Happier podcast, and I'm your host, Nancy Jane Smith. I'm a licensed professional counselor, and in this podcast, I share my stories and the lessons I've learned and I continue to learn on my quest to live happier. This podcast is produced every week, and the show notes can be found at live-happier.com backslash podcast. This is episode 29 called The Ways We Get Around Speaking Up for Ourselves. One of the things that I have really found as I've, you know, attempted to live happier in my life is that the best strategy for me is always, I call it working it backwards. So it's always to kind of notice a behavior that I'm engaging in and kind of see why that behavior is showing up. So really, you know, being intentional and building awareness in, in my life and noticing some habits I have or some patterns that I engage in and then kind of getting curious about why am I engaging in those patterns. So sometimes it's easier to see the bad behaviors that we're doing, quote unquote, bad behaviors, and then work it backwards than it is to just start trying to do a new behavior. And so today I wanted to talk about some common ways we avoid speaking up for ourselves. And what I mean by this is that in order to really engage in life and to live happier, we need to speak up for ourselves. We need to speak our needs. We need to show up and ask for what it is we want in a clear and direct and specific way. And we kind of all know this, and we all might strive to do that. But what we tend to do is to go into our our old patterns and the ways we've learned growing up that aren't so awesome They aren't so direct, they aren't so clear. And we engage in these patterns in order to get our needs met in in kind of a roundabout way. So I wanted to just go through some specific ways we do this so that you can start paying attention in your life. Where are you engaging in these behaviors? And how can you start noticing, oh my gosh, I'm doing this. I need to get better about being more clear here. The first one I want to talk about is is super common, and I think almost all of us do this one, and it's passive aggressive. (laughs) So a common example of this is you're feeling unappreciated at home, and you feel like your spouse isn't doing enough to, to help out. And so you start digging at your spouse for being lazy, or you remind him how often you've cooked, or you kind of, you know, just sabotage what's happening, or you may get dinner on the table super, super late, or you cook him a meal that he doesn't really like to eat. So you do all these passive aggressive activities rather than speaking up and saying, hey, I would like to have dinner tonight at a certain time and I would love for you to cook it or I'm tired of cooking all the time. Can you help out once a month or whatever it may be to, you know, clearly speak your need and what it is. Another one that we do a lot is keeping score. This one we do all the time. We do it at work. I've had so many clients recently say to me, you know, he gets to leave early and why does he get to leave early and what is that all about? And I don't, who cares what, what he's doing? You know, one of my favorite sayings is from Elania Van Zant, who says, stay in your own car, stay in your own car, keep track of your life and not get worried in what other people are doing. And when we start keeping score, we are monitoring what everyone else is doing instead of staying in our own car. So one of the ways that keeping score comes up for us is in relationships when we say, well, he got to go out, my, you know, my spouse got to go out with friends last week, so I get to go out this week. And so rather than asking for the need or being specific and saying, I really need a girl's night, we just keep a running tally in our heads that it's okay. I did this for him, so he has to do that for me. And so you justify the need by keeping score instead of just clearly having a a conversation with your partner saying, hey, 
I need a break. I need some time out. We don't need to justify our needs is the key thing here. And keeping score keeps us stuck in the fact, in the belief system that our needs aren't powerful, that our needs aren't necessary. And so we have to keep score in order to justify the fact that we even have a need. The third one is called bait and switch. And this is one of my personal favorites. <laughs> I'm guilty of this one a lot. You can just ask my spouse. We had to work really hard to break this one. I had to work really hard to break this one. Um, so you ask for something and then you later fill in what you really need. So like, you know, your spouse hates going to the grocery store. And so you're like, can you just run to the grocery store and just grab some milk? And they're like, yeah, I can do that. And then later on, you text them and you're like, oh, and while you're there, can you get eggs and butter and spinach and bread? <laughs> and so you add on all this stuff. So you get them to say yes by by not giving them the whole story. And, you know, another way I used to do this one is what I was famous for. Um, I'd say to my, you know, then boyfriend, hey, would you want to go to a party this weekend? Knowing he didn't really like going to parties and he didn't really want to go to a party with all these tons of friends. And he'd be like, okay. And then on the way there, I'd say, and by the way, there are going to be a hundred people there and you won't know any of them. And it's going to be a little crazy. (laughs) So he doesn't, it's a bait and switch. He thinks he's getting one thing and what he's really getting is this whole other thing. And so that's an easy way for us to start recognizing that we're not speaking our needs if we're engaging in that behavior Um, because it's sneaky and it's not direct and specific. Another common one that a lot of us talk to or engage in is expecting a mind read. So we say we're fine when we aren't, and then we expect our partner to pick up that something's wrong. So like we hint through our tone of voice or we hint through veiled comments that we need someone to do something for us, but we never actually say, I'm upset about this or I'm tired. Can you make dinner tonight? We just kind of hint around and pout around and we expect our partner to jump in and recognize that, um, that we need them to do something. And 99% of the time, our partner is not going to recognize that we need them to do something. So expecting a mind read just makes us miserable because that's next to impossible to have a mind read. You know, I'm not very good at mind reading and this is my job. So we need to get better about saying, hey, you know, I'm you know putting the dishes away because I'm upset that he didn't empty the dishwasher and I'm banging them around. He's oblivious to the fact that I'm banging them around. He has no concept of what's going on. So instead of just saying, hey, can you empty the dishwasher? We go into this whole big thing about um, expecting a mind read and, and going doing something passive aggressive because we expect them to step up. And then along with the um, expecting a mind read goes the shutdown and pout. And so this is another, you know, favorite one. When mind reading goes bad and the need isn't met, then you do a shutdown and pout. So this is the classic, nothing's wrong, don't worry about it. And then you don't talk to them for another week. Um, you, You know, you go on protest and you shut down completely. And they're like, what just happened? We were fine. And then you were maybe banging around the dishwasher washer. I don't really know what was going on with that. And then all of a sudden she's in a room pouting. Like, oblivious. And so all of that, the expecting a mind read, the passive aggressive, the keeping score, the shutdown and pout, that is all just creating unnecessary drama in the relationship. And then when we notice that we are engaging in drama, when we notice that we're sitting in our room pouting, or we're slamming as we're doing the dishes, or we're constantly complaining to a friend about the fact that so and so gets to leave early, and I don't get to leave early and blah, 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 blah. 
These are times when we may need to be speaking up for ourselves. We need to be showing some needs here and and getting really clear and really specific on what it is we need. So some of these things cause so much drama in our lives. And whenever there is drama, most of the time that is a need that is going unspoken. And so we're engaging in drama in order to avoid speaking up for the need. And so pay attention to how often in your life there's just drama for no reason at all. And that is usually because we aren't speaking up for ourselves. We aren't clear on what it is we need, and we're not specifically asking for it. So these are some ways that we engage in that drama. And I encourage you to kind of just pay attention to how often those show up for you in your life and do the, you know, kind of going around the back door when you notice these happening then ask yourself, oh my gosh, where is the need? What do I need here? And that may take some exploration to find out. And that's okay. You know, we don't have to just because we're shutting down and pout, know immediately what it is we need. Sometimes these patterns are so ingrained that we just have no concept that they're even there. And so learning that they're there is the first step. Paying attention to how often you shut down and pout is the first step. Then comes how can I be more specific? What is it I need here? How do I show up and ask for that? And then it is getting clear on how do I ask for that? This is a whole new thing, this asking for needs. And how do I go about doing that and giving yourself a lot of compassion around this new branching out and learning how to speak needs? You know, there's a lot of stuff out there about standing up for yourself and how do you do that? And And it is for a lot of women and men, it's a whole new way of being like that is why drama is so rampant. Because sitting down and being intentional and figuring out what we need and showing up for life and asking for it is hard. It's challenging. It's vulnerable. And but when we can do that, oh my gosh, like relationships get stronger and you feel better and you're living in integrity and all this great stuff happens. That's the crux of living happier, you know, really being intentional so I can show up and ask for what it is I need. So I hope that was helpful, kind of the concept of walking through the back door and starting to pay attention to what is what are the behaviors I'm engaging in and then how can I switch them around and and do them differently. So if you have any questions, please, I love hearing from you. You could send me an email, nancyjane at live-happier.com. Or if you figure out other ways that you are avoiding speaking up for yourself, I would love to hear them. Now it is time for the segment of the show called the Weekly Ritual Challenge. One thing that has really helped me live happier is adding regular ritual practices to my daily life. So each week, I'm going to be sharing a ritual with you and challenging you to complete it. This week's um, challenge came out of the fact that at the Live Happier Loft, where I practice, I have to wash the coffee mugs that people use, and I hate doing this. It's a little tiny sink. It's kind of challenging to make sure you get the soap rinsed out. And I'm constantly stressed that I haven't got them clean and I haven't got them rinsed. And it's a whole big hullabaloo and I hate doing it. And so the other day I was washing the mugs and I realized I just kept telling myself this sucks. I hate doing this. It's so miserable. And then finally I was like, you know what? You're stuck doing this. This is what you're doing right now. You have to wash these 15 mugs. So notice I put them off way longer than I should. So I have 15 instead of just doing it at the end of every day where I would have like two. 
But I had 15 and I told myself, let's just fully embrace this chore. So let's really get zen and quiet and do some breathing, do the five senses meditation where I'm paying attention to what I'm hearing, what am I seeing? This is a chance to get mindful. And so that's this week's weekly ritual challenge is to pick a chore, whether that be washing dishes, doing laundry, running the vacuum, cleaning the bathroom, and be fully present for it. Really show up to that activity. And I think that is the crux of you know regular ritual practices is really having breaks in the day where we can fully show up. And so a chore, something that you're stuck doing no matter what, is a great chance for you to fully show up and embrace that. So that's the show. Thanks for listening. The Stories from a Quest to Live Happier podcast comes out every week. If you have questions, please email me at nancyjane at live-happier.com or you could tweet me at nancyjane. And until next time, here's to living happier. Happier.